Rolling Stones magazine released an updated version of the top 500 albums of all time. A list like this was bound to spark controversy. So I'm here to give my opinion on how these albums stack up. I'm Gibbs, and welcome to the Rolling Review. What is up everybody, Gibbs here with number 423 on the Rolling Stones top 500 greatest albums of all time. It's Yola Tango with I Can Hear the Heart Beating as One. I Can Hear the Heart Beating as One is the 8th studio album by the American indie rock band Yola Tango. It was released on April 22nd of 1997, recorded at House of David in Nashville, Tennessee, and Big House and Magic Shop in New York City, New York. The genre of the album is indie rock, indie pop, and noise pop. It was released on the label of Matador and produced by Roger Mountainot. Out of the 16 tracks on this album, there were three singles. Those were Autumn Sweater, Sugar Cube, and Little Honda. The theme of this album is melancholy emotions, and there are some very short tracks on the album, and there are also some rather long tracks on the album. A lot of tracks that were over five minutes and even one instrumental piece that was almost 11 minutes long and this was kind of a long album to listen to it was just around 68 minutes I think so kind of a long listen to but got through it all 16 tracks which the band said that they didn't intend to make a super long album, but then they eventually felt like they had to have a long album because they wanted to accommodate the 11 minute long track Spec Bebop, which I mentioned a little earlier. The album does touch on many different genres, more so than the ones that I already had named. They touch on Bossa Nova, Electronic Grooves, Krautrock, Jazzy, Goof, Psychedelic Folk. And out of the 16 tracks, there were actually two cover songs on this album. And one of them was released as a single, Little Honda, which was a Beach Boys tune. And the other track was the final track on the album My Little Corner of the World which was recorded by Anita Bryant. There are some interesting name choices for some of these tracks as mentioned before Spec Bebop being one of them but also there was a track titled Moby Octopad which was actually in reference to Yola Tango's appearance on the 1995 Lollapalooza tour and the band at the time was performing mid-afternoon sets on the festival side stage, and performing earlier in the afternoon was an artist of the name of Moby. He is more of a techno artist for those that don't really know who Moby is, but very popular at the time, and Moby would perform and most of the times in his performances, he would use a Roland Octopad, which basically makes different sounds. You can program a sound to the pad, and when you hit the pad, it'll make a certain sound or use a certain loop. So, 
he had this electronic percussion instrument and when Yola Tango would take the stage for their own performance they would notice that the road crew's tape with the outline of Moby's octopad and it would have that written on the tape where Moby's instrument would go and that tape would be left on the stage and the band noticed it and they kind of just used it as a title for an instrumental piece that they were jamming on and then later lyrics that were unrelated to the whole Moby incident would be added but they kept the name Moby Octopad for the track. As mentioned before melancholy was kind of the theme throughout this album. The track Stockholm Syndrome which is kind of melancholy in itself is a song about captives eventually expressing empathy towards their captors and vice versa. The track Autumn Sweater uses themes of love and lack of communication. While Center of Gravity was described as a lo-fi devotional love song, it was also said that the title for this album came from a movie, but the movie from which it came is unknown. The critical reception for the album was fairly positive, and this is regarded as Yola Tango's best work. As of 2012, the album had sold an estimated 300,000 copies, so not very impressive on the sales end of things, but it is still highly regarded as one of their best works and has been included on other lists. In 1999, the record was ranked number 78 on Spin's list of the 90 greatest albums of the 90s, in 2003, Pitchfork ranked it number 25 on its list of the top 100 albums of the 1990s. Rolling Stone also placed this record at number 86 on its 2010 compilation of the 100 best albums of the 90s. And in 2012, it appeared at number 22 on Pace list of the 90 best albums of the 1990s, as well as being obviously 423 on the 500 Greatest Albums of All Time by Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone had this to say when placing it on this list, quote, In rock, as in life, breakups get all the attention. Successful marriages tend to generate fewer headlines. But Yo La Tango, the long-married couple of George Hubley and Eric Kaplan, plus bassist James McNew, is a testament to figuring it out together. The band's 1997 masterpiece is indie rock at its most joyfully exploratory with deeply catchy fuzz jazz, some Casio keyboard bossa nova, a cover of the Beach Boys' Little Honda, and Autumn Sweater, a stone-cold classic that turns organ, percussion, and shy murmuring into something mesmerizing and beautiful." End quote. As for what I thought about this album, I really liked that it starts with an instrumental piece. It's like a little introduction to the album. So it starts with a instrumental piece called Return to Hot Chicken. And this was actually the first of, I think, three, maybe four instrumental pieces on this album. So there were quite a bit of instrumental pieces that you don't get 
on albums necessarily that aren't just instrumental albums. Usually on some of these albums you'll get maybe one instrumental piece in the middle of it, but you usually don't see multiple, and it was kind of cool that they decided to just use these what felt like jam pieces. Starting with Moby Octopad, which was the second track on the album and the first to really feature vocals, I really loved the use of harmonies, and this would be something that wasn't just on this track, it would be on multiple tracks throughout this album, and as well as the harmonies, I really enjoyed the different people in the band singing. You had multiple voices on this album, all being used, all sounding good, and it just helped add a lot to what is a long album. I feel like when you get a lot of variation, it doesn't make it seem like you're listening to the same thing for as long as the time. You get different elements in there, and everyone, every vocalist kind of had their own thing that they were good at, so you kind of get different things that shine through on different tracks, and it's cool that depending on the style of the track kind of depended on maybe who was singing the track. So it just added a lot to the album. I enjoyed that more people than just one sings in the band. My last little take on Moby Octopus is there is a piano part in the middle of this track, and it's kind of like a solo-y bridge kind of part for the track, and it it doesn't really fit with the rest. And I know that dissonance is partially their thing, because reading about this album, that was part of their sound, was jamming with a little bit of dissonance. So I understand that maybe everything wasn't meant to sound perfect, but this piano part just in particular sounded really out of place on that track, and I didn't really care for it. It just kind of does a simple upscale, and it repeats. It doesn't really variate very much, so it's just very repetitive, and it sounds out of place, and it was really my only knock on that track. Damage was a really good track on this album, and it was probably my favorite track on this album, and I really enjoyed the good use of feedback. You could kind of sense that one of the effects being used was the feedback of the guitar and it was just it was put in the mix quietly enough to where it wasn't annoying so I really enjoyed that as well as the reverb on the background vocals the lead vocals didn't really have much effect on them but the background vocals had a lot of reverb on it to just make it sound echoey and it sounded really good, and it was the female vocalist, and it was just a simple ooh, but it really stood out that they added that reverb on it, and it just kind of went along with the track really well, and I enjoyed it. One of my big complaints about this album, and it really stood out on Deeper Into the Movies, was I was straining to hear the vocals the majority of the time on this album, Especially if it was a louder song, it seemed like they would turn the guitars and the rhythm section up full blast, and then you would only get a little bit of vocal in there, and it made it hard to understand 
what they were singing, and I just wish that I didn't have to strain to hear the vocals so much, and most of the time, and Rolling Stone even hinted at it in what they said about it, it just sounds like murmurs most of the time. You don't actually hear the lyrics, you just hear some mumbling because of the mix, in my opinion, not being done properly. You get so heavy on the guitar end of things and somewhat on the drums, but mainly guitar, especially on Deeper Into the Movies. And the guitar's not even really doing anything interesting throughout this track. It would be different if it was kind of a soloing part with some vocals laying underneath it, but it's just the same rhythm part over and over again, and it's just turned up really loud to where you can't even understand the lyrics. Another track that I liked on this album was Green Arrow, and it was another instrumental piece, but it was just, it was a slower song, and honestly there's not even a lot going on throughout this song, but it was still a nice song to listen to. It starts out and you get some outside noise, some cricket sounding off, and you just kind of get like a summer outside feel. And the rhythm part is turned down really soft on this to where you can just barely hear that drum beating throughout it. But you get this slide guitar solo, basically. This whole track is just a slide guitar little jam. But it's a very simplistic jam as you don't have a lot of things going on underneath the featured part. And I really like this track. The last instrumental track on this album, which I've already mentioned a couple times, but I had some thoughts about it, Spec Bebop. And this track is almost 11 minutes. And it's not a very interesting track to be an 11 minute long track. And I understand what it's supposed to be. Kind of a uh, maybe acid rock jam kind of thing. But I don't know. It just got repetitive and boring after a while. I didn't feel like there was a lot of movement throughout it. And it was just, it is what it is. But it was an 11 minute long track that I didn't feel had to be an 11 minute long track and when you read about the background on this album and just the fact that they thought that this track was so important that it had to be included on this album and it's essentially what made them put the work in to make a longer album I don't know I, I just don't see the specialness in this track but again, I understand there is a group of people out there that would appreciate this track. And I understand it's kind of supposed to touch back on a certain time in music where that was more the style. was just these free-formed jam sessions. But just not my cup of tea, as some would say. My last critique of this album, which is just kind of being petty, really... I would have switched the last two tracks on this album. I definitely feel like We're an American Band would have been a better last track to the album than ending with 
my little corner of the world. Especially after I found out that my little corner of the world was a cover. I feel like you could have ended this album with an original, leave people thinking of something that you wrote, and We're an American Band just sounds like a better ending song. Because you have this build-up throughout the track, and it builds into one of these jam session type things where you can tell the guitar players just, they're holding out the notes and the guitar players just soloing over top of it and you get this big, big ending to the song. And I just feel like that would have been the way to end this record and really leave on a really big note. So now the hard part, deciding where this album fits in with the rest of the albums that I've listened to so far. And I feel like it's going to take a pretty big dip. When you look at the sales, they're not really there. Awards, I didn't really see any. And all the other lists it made it on were all just 1990s lists. So, an important album to the 90s? Yes. An important album of all time? Maybe not so much. So just how far is this album going to dip? And it again, like some of these other albums, is one that I could see eventually just falling off the list. Because, yes, it was good to listen to. I enjoyed it, but... I felt like I was able to pick out a lot of things that I didn't like about this album, which I can't really do with some of the ones that I'm putting before it. And there were a lot of albums before it that I personally liked more, and the sales reflected that they were more popular and gained awards. And I just feel like those show more that they belong on this list, and I could see this one eventually in a later edition of the top 500 albums not making it not making the cut so this one's gonna fall over 50 spots and i'm putting it back at 478 and that is right ahead of laura nairo but still behind richard and linda thompson as always nothing is set in stone on my list i could end up changing my mind about it, or you could change my mind on it. You can reach me, therollingreview at yahoo.com, or going over to Facebook and searching at The Rolling Review, where you can find the fan page and like it and drop comments there. You can also find the updated version of the list there, and you can also find that list over on Instagram, where I also like to post up the copies of the notes that I take while I'm listening to the album. Next on the list is Marvin Gaye with Let's Get It On. Until then, I'm Gibbs. This is The Rolling Review. Stay safe and be kind.